You're listening to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. Your host, Jennifer Hofferber, is an award-winning veteran special educator who shares her experience, knowledge, and passion to help other special educators survive and thrive in this profession. Join her and other guests as they share tips and tricks of the trade for the ever-crazy, completely overwhelming, laugh-so-you-don't-cry profession of being a special education teacher. Hey there, welcome back to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer, and if you are a special educator, then this is the place to be. I'm going to be right by your side, helping you learn everything you can about building and operating a successful department. On today's episode, I have another like-minded guest who is focusing all of her time and energy into supporting other special education teachers, and I believe you're going to love what she has to share. Jen Murphy from the SPED Collective is here to help you become an IEP expert. After giving it her all as a teacher, Jen hit burnout three separate times. She knew something needed to change, so she made herself her number one priority. She fixed unhealthy habits and created tools to streamline her IEP writing process. Having learned not to overcomplicate the job of being a special education teacher, Jen streamlined her approach to allow her to live a life beyond her classroom walls. It all clicked for her, and she knew she wasn't alone. She set out on a mission to find a community of like-minded educators ready to make a difference. SPED Collective is that virtual community. It is a growth-focused, passion-led, educational corner of the internet packed with actionable tips to give you confidence and streamline your own IEP writing process. And one of the ways that she does this is through her use of IEP goal banks. Now, I completely wish there had been goal banks when I first started teaching because I know if I looked back at those beginning IEPs, I would absolutely cringe. I guarantee you that every one of my IEPs looked very similar in goals and benchmarks because I just didn't know any better. So let's see what she has to share and how she can help you. Well, hey, Jen, welcome to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Before we get started, would you introduce yourself and share your experience and your journey within the field of special education? Yeah, so I was a special ed teacher in middle school and high school, so mainly secondary in a sub-separate classroom. Um, And then I'm currently no longer in the classroom because I'm supporting special ed teachers streamline their IEP writing. And how do you do that? Is it through your own platform or are you working for an agency or something? Through my own platform, so SPED Collective. That's awesome. Well, I asked you to be a guest on the show because of SPED Collective. I came across a post you had made on Instagram that said IEP Gold Bank and Those words just kind of stood out to me because I had just finished a TPT product that was also a goal bank. So I reached out to you to see if you wanted to chat about the benefits of goal banks for special educators. I feel like they are getting more and more popular. And and I just I really wish I would have had something like this when I first started teaching because I could easily identify what a child needed a goal in. I knew, you know, reading, I knew reading fluency, but It really goes beyond that. And using IEP goal banks can help you kind of dig down more into what exactly the child is having trouble with. So that would have been such a time saver for me way back a long time ago. So let's just jump into the questions. Can you tell us exactly what is an IEP goal bank? Yeah, so I feel the same way. I wish I had this my first year teaching because I definitely hit burnout trying to come up with all my IEP goals. Um, And throughout the years, I've learned that there are many different types of IEP goal banks. So there's some that people mainly use more of like cut and paste, um, which is okay. I think 
that's a good starting point. But then to where I bring it is it's more of like a Mad Libs or a sentence starter. So it's a formula and you just plug in the blanks to individualize it for each student you have. However, the target skill is similar. So for me, I do standards aligned. So the free IEP Goal Bank I offer is for math K through eight. And it goes through all the standards and it takes it from the major clusters to the supporting and additional. And in it, you can get the entire goal that you would propose, but then it also gives you a data collection schedule to go with it. And kind of like an IEP goal kit where it's all the progress monitoring tools you need and everything. And it's all just in its one spot. So you're not trying to reinvent the wheel a million times because I found I could write an IEP goal, like you said, like I knew what they needed. I could fill in the blanks, but then I didn't know how to hold myself accountable throughout their entire IEP cycle. So that's kind of where my IEP goal bank goes. So I mentioned how it would have helped me and you said that it would have helped you too, but what are some of the other benefits to special education teachers of using one? Um, I think it holds you accountable and it makes sure you're putting out good goals. I've definitely, and I'm sure you have too, and other SPET teachers have received an IP from like a previous teacher and you're just like, what kind of goal is this? Um, and I think it would be very beneficial just knowing that you're inheriting good IP goals um, and the student gets the goal they deserve because I can write any goal I want for a student, but doesn't mean it's the correct goal for the student and going to help them get to what their vision is. So having this goal bank makes it so you're not reinventing the wheel. And it's just like a layer of stress taken off of you of, okay, these are some different options and different paths and then individualizing their path to see which goal fits the best in it without starting from scratch every time. I like that you said earlier the word individualized because Mm -hmm. I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a minute because you're going to have people who are saying that using a goal bank isn't making them individualized. So what would you say to naysayers who say that a goal bank isn't customizing the student's IEP enough? I think that is a huge misconception and I hear all the time that it's not individualized enough. And that was kind of why at the beginning of my teaching, I didn't want to use an IEP goal bank because I heard all of that. And I kind of felt the same way a little bit. But then I realized that there are overlaps within education. It is impossible for every goal on your caseload to be completely unique and never like touching the same skill because that's not beneficial for students trying to work on similar skills. Um, So the goal bank allows you for that. And that's where there's different types of goal banks. So there is like the cut and copy, which I don't fully like to use. Um, I've definitely had goals that I've inherited that have other students' names in it. And I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Um, But within it, the formula, when you hit all the pieces of a SMART goal, so the specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-bound, That's where it all individualizes. So the skill may be similar, but the support they get is different. The accuracy they're aiming for is different. The independence level you're hoping for is different. And how you differentiate to meet them at their need and where their their instructional need and where they're going is where it all gets individualized. I know my co-teacher and I, anytime we have a student with, you know, kind of a 
a struggle area that we mm-hmm. we can't just come up with a good goal on our own. We we use the internet and I don't feel like that's cheating. I don't feel like it's not making it individualized. For general education students, mm-hmm. they're using the same yes. goals. You know, they're using the same standards across the board. So yeah. using a goal bank isn't cheating. It's I, I completely understand what you're saying. So what should teachers look for when they are looking for a goal bank. I know, like I said, I just sometimes get on the computer and just search a goal for such and such. But if you're, if you're going to have a bank full of goals, what types of things are you looking for? I know you mentioned SMART goals. Is that part of it? Yeah. So I definitely, when I first was looking for IEP goal banks, I just found whatever I could on the internet, which is great. Um, But there's also definitely some bad things on the internet that seem great at the time. And then you look back and you're like, I can't believe I implemented that or (laughs) made that a thing. And, but you learn through the years. Um, So I like to look for a smart goal that's already written in a smart format, or at least a goal I can pick apart and identify all the areas or add to, to make sure it hits all the areas. Um, And the first goal bank I ever used was I just, every goal I implemented, I opened up a Google sheet and I just put it in for every goal. And I had a column for S-M-A-R-T just to like map out that I hit all of them. Um, And throughout my year, I just ended up with a whole goal bank that I ended up enjoying. And based on my position, I had a lot of kids on similar paths. They were all diploma track and just working their way through. So I could kind of use them to help me create a new goal. So how do you know? Okay, so you mentioned the SMART, the the letters or the acronym for SMART. So how do you know, like you said, you get an IEP from someone else and they it, it's either really, really short and very broad or it is extremely in detail and, and almost too much. So how do you, where do you make that that break of it being a smart goal and it just being too much. Yeah, no, there's definitely some that I read and I'm like, I don't fully understand what you're asking or how I collect data on that. (laughs) Um, So that's where it's important to kind of break it down. And with those ones, I find it is important to break it down in between the letters because if they're missing a letter, you can always kind of add that within your data collection. And when you report on the progress, you can say, this is what we used as well. Um, So, Looking at the S, the specific, you kind of want to know what is your target skill that they're working on. So for me, my district always wanted us to do standards aligned goals. So that was more so what standard area am I targeting? And that may not be um, the grade level standard they're on. So for instance, I had eighth graders and I had an eighth grader after his reeval really needed to work on a fourth grade math skill. So I took the eighth grade standard and broke it backwards because all the standards are built on each other to the fourth grade skill level. And that was what the S was, the specific. And then I look for the measurable. And again, this is where it can kind of individualize a lot. So some students, they're aiming for 100% independence with 80% accuracy, whereas other students at that time for their vision, they may not necessarily need 100% independence yet. And maybe that's further down the line. So changing it there. Um, And then also making sure what we are recommending is attainable. So I like to start with a baseline measure when I'm determining which goal. I give a few different ones. They're all like five math problems or five whatever of whatever goal it is. 
to help figure out where the student is starting because having the starting point and then the ending point of what your goal is, you can create the trend line to make sure that amount of progress is feasible in one IEP cycle. I've definitely had some and I'm like, there's no way this student is going to achieve this goal, this IEP cycle based off of where they're starting. Um, So using baseline data has really helped me and that makes sure it's attainable. And then realistic is just making sure you can provide the setting that it's going to be under. So if they need a calculator or if they need direct instruction, that all of that can fit into it. And then the T for time bound is just making sure it can get done within the IEP cycle or however long you're hoping the goal gets done in. You Have you ever seen on social media or people are arguing amongst each other with each other about that um, measurable part, the 80% or the 60% or it should always be 100%. What are your thoughts there? It just, To me, it's it's got to be individualized again. It's based on what the kid has at the current time. And then what, like you said, is it attainable? What, what mm-hmm. can they get done in that time? But I just, I don't know why people argue over that so much. Yeah, I've definitely had admin argue about that as well. And I agree, it has to be individualized. So that really comes down to the student. In one way, I have kind of worked through it because Even if you believe something and your district doesn't, you sometimes have to like merge to kind of combine it. So for instance, my district always wanted me to have 100% independence as my like measurable piece. So my accuracy would change. So maybe if they needed to do 100% independence and I really wanted them 50%, my accuracy would not be 80%. I would be like, okay, if they're doing it 100% alone, I'm going to bring the accuracy down to this point. But that is really where it gets individualized and ties into the student and the parent and the team vision to make sure we're creating a goal that is for the student and individualized enough that it's leading them to the success they need. What are your thoughts on putting writing a goal for a student when they are at starting at zero percent? So say it's a it's a math goal and it's a new concept for them that you think that they can achieve, but they're starting at zero percent. You've never introduced this before. My district doesn't let us do that. We have to we have to be somewhere above zero percent. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so we we were never allowed to do zero percent either, but I think it is a piece that should be discussed within the IEP of this is a skill we want them to master, but maybe going from 0% to 80% in one IEP cycle isn't feasible. So where can we break it down to the feasible piece? And maybe the part two comes next IEP cycle to get them all the way up. So just kind of breaking it down again to the manageable and what can happen. Because if you're setting a student up to like grow 80% accuracy, and then you have to take into consideration all the breaks in the school year, if they go to ESY, like all that within it, can they really make 80% and how often, what's the service grid saying? How often are they working on this IEP goal? And if they can't make it at the beginning, you're just going to stress out. The student's going to stress out. So I think just being realistic about it and not adding extra stress to everyone. Cause I know a student, so like depending on the age level, again, um, I worked with older students, so they were all part of their IEP 
meeting and everything. And they would feel bad if they didn't necessarily see the progress hitting the trend line. So showing them a trend line from zero to 80 would just, I think, be a little intimidating. Right. I like that. I I would love to start pulling in my younger students into IEP meetings because they a lot of them can understand exactly what mm-hmm. you're talking about. So I think it's important for kids, even if they're not in the IEP meeting, it's important that they are seeing those trend lines and those goal areas and what they are working for. I think that's important. And then just always bring it back to communication with the parents. If the parents know that, okay, we're starting at 10%, we're not going to shoot for the moon and go to 100%. We're going to, you know, start at 70 or 80% for our, for our goal. I think just it's all communication. A hundred percent communication. The more communication, the better. Everyone is hoping for the same outcome of the student progressing and just getting on the same page. And some people have more information than others. So it may come off a different way. And I know sometimes teachers say they don't get along with the parents, but at the end of it, everyone's hoping that student succeeds. So just pulling out like anything to make the communication work. Well, Jen, I appreciate you taking time out of your summer break to chat with me about a topic that is gaining more and more popularity. Would you tell the listeners about your goal bank and how they can get their hands on it? Yeah, so my goal bank is for grades K through 8, and it's standards aligned. So a lot of it is targeted throughout the standards. Um, You can find it at spedcollective.com forward slash go. And it is just an overview of all the goals and standards for K through eight math. And you're a teachers pay teachers seller as well. Yes, I am. And it's just sped collective. You have other goal banks on there as well? Yeah. So the free goal bank is more of an overview of the standard. So again, it depends on each of the districts um, or where you're working or what the student's outcome is. But the free one is more of an overview going through the major additional and supporting clusters because you don't need to target every single standard that there is. There are some standards that I'm like, my student does not need to master this to be successful. Like they need to learn it. Like I will teach it, but it does not need to be like they know it in and out. Um, So this kind of separates those. But then the goal banks I create have go more in depth into each individualized standard, but then also offers the data collection schedule, all the progress monitoring probes, IEP goal work that goes with it, just so it's all together. So if you know the student needs to work on multiplying two digits by one digit, you can then pull out this whole like binder almost. It's it's digital, so it's not a binder, but I print them out. And so it's like a binder and it just has everything I need and I can set up my whole schedule. I can assign progress monitoring to pair professionals in my room just to streamline everything and make sure I am held accountable to provide all the instruction I need to. That progress monitoring piece just sounds like a dream. I just took a position. I'll start a position this fall for being an instructional coach for special education teachers. So I'm really excited to be able to share this product with them and, you know, help them start streamlining their own processes. No, definitely. And then if someone wanted to connect with you on social media, where would they find you? Um, So I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, all of that. And it's just at Sped Collective. So very straightforward on them all. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us and I'll be in touch. Thank you so much.
Thank you for sticking with me until the end. I can tell that just by listening to this show, you are just as dedicated to the field of special education as I am, and you want to grow into an amazing educator. And I'm here for it. I'm here for you, and I am so thrilled to be able to share all of my wisdom of being a veteran SPED teacher on the SPED Prep Academy podcast. If you want Jen's free IEP goal bank, just click the link in the show notes. If you're not subscribed to the SPED Prep Academy newsletter, I encourage you to go to www.spedprepacademy.com quiz and take the short little quiz that will help you unlock the superpowers you never knew you possessed and discover the kryptonite that's been holding you back from becoming an amazing leader for your staff. It will only take a minute or two of your time, and it will give you clarity on how to better manage your department. And by completing the quiz, you will also be added to the email list so that you can receive the weekly newsletter that shares even more knowledge, inspiration, support, and discounts to different products made just for special education teachers each week. So again, that's spedprepacademy.com slash quiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to share it with friends, go ahead and screenshot an image of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the show and leave a review. They give an instant boost to my ego and they help others find the podcast as well. If you liked what you heard today and realized you found your SPED soulmate, please subscribe and then head over to spedprepacademy.com slash podcast to check out the show notes and sign up to be notified each time a new episode airs. Go out and have an amazing day and I'll catch you on the next episode.